Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We have an excellent cast today, like you guys would not imagine. We have Arthur Caniges is president of Future Wave, Inc., a nonprofit organization dedicated to shifting our culture of violence to a culture of peace. He is the director producer of The World is My Country about the amazing adventures of world citizen number one, Gary Davis. David Gallup specializes in human rights, world citizen, and world law education. He's the president and general counsel of the World Service Authorities, Washington, D.C., a global public service human rights organization founded in 1954. He is also a board member of Citizens for Global Solutions, CGS team leader of the Peace and Youth Outreach Program, and convener of the World Court of Human Rights Coalition. And of course, least but not least, but a very powerful woman, Melanie Bennett, is the producer of The World Is My Country and the podcast People Powered Planet podcast. And anytime I hear people powered, you guys know what I stand for. You are my hero. But anyhow, let's go ahead and get our folks to introduce themselves. Melanie, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been excited to be a part of the solution of stopping war and having world peace for quite some time and have enjoyed being part of the World is My Country project and I'm very excited to be here. So thank you. Excellent job. David, talk to me. Yes, Egberto. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having us today. Uh, my name is David Gallup. I'm a human rights lawyer, I'm the president and chief attorney of World Service Authority, which is the organization that Gary Davis uh, founded in 1954. He's the fellow who is the main uh, event or the main uh, focus in the film, The World is My Country, uh, talking about how we can find solutions to deal with the global situation that we're in now, that we've been in uh, forever, which leads us to war. So how do we lead, lead, how do we find law that could lead us to peace? Love that. And last but not least is Arthur Canegas. I mean, my brother, we've spoken several times before. You know, I love you, man. Talk to me. Uh, love you so much and your show and, and your wonderful daughter and just your, your, your terrific presentation to the world. Uh, yes, I'm, I, as you mentioned, am the director of the film, The World is My Country. And Gary Davis was a, was a good friend of mine for a quarter of a century. Uh, and uh, he, was, he, he, he was world citizen number one. And our film is introduced by Martin Sheen, who fell in love with Gary when he heard Gary's story and just said, you know, the world has to have this story. He calls it a roadmap to a better future. And, you know, Gary started off, uh, he was a song and dance man on Broadway, Danny Kaye's understudy. And then he's ordered to bomb the city of Brandenburg. And he sees the footage, the people he's killed in their homes and schools and factories and his own brother's killed and his heart is broken. He says, well, you'll see, I'll play you a little clip. He says, why wasn't I arrested for, uh, you know, for, uh, for bombing people, blowing them up in their homes, anywhere in the world, every country in the world, murder is illegal and outside it. It's not illegal. We can just go blow up people anytime. We, this is crazy. And uh, this sent him on his mission. Uh, so uh, at some point when you're ready, we could even start off with a little clip about well, Let's him. go ahead and play that clip right now. All right. Then I read Tom Paine's The Rights of Men. Tom Paine made that famous statement, my country is the world. So if the world is our country, this is too simple, really. If the world is our country and we claim it, and we raise our allegiance to that level, to the top level. <laughs> no more fictional borders. That's the key. And therefore, no more wars. 
suddenly it, you know, it becomes very clear to me. I didn't get arrested for bombing cities because there's no law against it. The national politicians fool us by talking about international law. But treaties are just deals between sovereign nation-states, which can be broken, and are, all through history. Here before his cabinet, President Coolidge signed for the United States. A treaty designed to outlaw war. Because there's no police force to enforce them. In other words, very simply, no world law. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And that, folks, is why we fought World War II. A war between the nations, not between us, the peoples. If we had had world law, we could have eliminated the global lawlessness, the world anarchy that gave rise to Hitler and the Holocaust. And my brother would be alive today. There never was a war in history easier to prevent by timely action than the one which had just desolated such great areas of the globe. It could have been prevented, in my belief, without the firing of a single shot. Now in Kansas and Colorado, I have a quarrel over the water in the Arkansas River. They don't call out the National Guard in each state and go to war over it. They bring a suit in the Supreme Court of the United States and abide by the decision. There isn't a reason in the world why we cannot do that internationally. It'll be just as easy for nations to get along in a republic of the world as it is for us to get along in the Republic of the United States. When I finally realized that world law is essential for the very survival of humanity, I knew I had to take action. But what? I'm an actor. I never studied law. I never went to law school. What can I do? I think all of you are asking probably that big, right, big um, question. Let me ask you something. Tell, first of all, tell me the gist, what you got out of that clip. Uh, l- l- let me start with Melanie. Melanie, what did you get out of that clip? Well, I think the power of, of law and the fact that uh, uh, if we have world law, then we can solve a lot of problems. Now, it's interesting, uh, you know, Arthur, that when I watch him, right, when, when he talks about how can we have false boundaries, what does that really mean? What does that mean to you? Well, you know, in the, inside the United States, we would never think of, of Pennsylvania and New York going to war to solve their problems or any states. I mean, humanity has already invented a system that eliminates war. That doesn't mean there's no problems or crimes, but you know, even when Tim McVeigh blew up the federal building, Michigan didn't, you know, uh, didn't de- uh, Oklahoma didn't declare war on Michigan for harboring the Michigan militia. <laughs> you know, it's handled as a criminal justice thing. You don't have to blow people up. Uh, I think in your own life, you had an experience where they were trying. Maybe you want to share a minute your own. Well, experience. I mean, I'll just say quickly because this is about you guys, not me. But it, back in uh, back in Panama. You know, Bush invaded in 1989 because they claimed they wanted to get Manuel Antonio Noriega, who was the dictator of Panama, but who worked for the CIA. And when he asked them to invade another country in Central America, he said, hell no. And Bush said, well, hell yes, we're going to blow you up if you don't do what we ask you to do. 
I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but then they decided to fly into Panama, brought the brigades in, killed 10,000 Panamanians, claimed they only killed 1,000 Panamanians. They bombed, uh, they bombed a country without Air Force, Marine, Navy, or whatever. And it's not at all different than what's happening in Ukraine. Now, look, what's happening in Ukraine is horrendous. Russia is doing something that is horrendous. And we are doing the right thing by supporting Ukraine, in my humble opinion. I'd like to hear yours. In my humble opinion, we're doing right by supporting and trying to end this war there. But they are doing nothing that we ourselves haven't done. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, David. Well, Gary once said to me, peace is not the absence of war. It's the presence of law. And we don't have a, a common world law. That means that if you shoot someone on the streets of Panama City or you shoot someone on the streets of, of Washington, D.C., well, within those places, in those locales, it is murder. But outside of that nation state system, it is not. In fact, there are actual humanitarian, international humanitarian laws that, like the Geneva Conventions that say that killing can be legal as long as it's restricted uh, to uh, military combatants and military targets and not civilians as long as it's quick and winnable. Well, most wars nowadays, and we've seen in the news, the, the most recent war here in Ukraine, that the majority of casualties are civilians, about 80%, if not more, are civilians. So this system that we're still working in, uh, however you want to say we want to support, uh, of course, our fellow humans, but I want to say to take this idea outside of the, the system that we're in and say, well, we don't want to support people as Ukrainians or people as Russians, uh, although we do, we want to support them as, as human beings. So we really have to start thinking about a different mindset and a mindset of law that we haven't had before. And within the nation state system, within uh, with the International Court of Justice or the UN Charter, it will, because uh, if you look at Article 2 of the UN Charter, it actually embeds a principle that is the biggest problem, I think. And that is that nation states uh, are sovereign and you cannot pierce the veil of that sovereignty if there is violence or human rights violations going on within, or if one nation starts fighting another nation uh, because they say it's for self-defense, then how do you stop that? And especially in the nuclear age, it's almost impossible to stop that. So until we remove those weapons, until we add law beyond this nation state system, we're gonna keep getting into these wars one after the other. But we know one of the countries that are, we would least want to be a part of the excluding that the exception for nation, not exception, but what the nation state is or the sovereignty of a nation state is the United States. I mean, we are not even part of the world court. I mean, the world, uh, the Hague, is that correct? Uh, uh, the International Arthur? Criminal Court. Yeah. The, is that yes. the, the U.S. Uh, is signed on to the International Court of Justice, which is, I mean, excuse me, the, the International Court, yeah, Court of Justice in the Hague, which is the body of the, U, the U.N., and that body has already ruled that this war in, in uh, Ukraine is illegal and ordered, ordered Russia to stop it. And of course, uh, Russia is actually legally compli comp compelled. It's illegally enforced. It's illegally, uh, it's legally bound, but there's no <laughs> cops to enforce it, as Gary said, even though, like Kellogg-Briand, it is a legal pact they're part of. Uh, but there's also another thing called the International Criminal Court, which makes the individuals who do this, like an individual like, uh, like right. Putin or, or anyone who orders uh, uh, a war crime, 
that individual can be prosecuted. And that has been used effectively against some of the African dictators who've, who've hit crazy wars. But when it comes to the powerful countries, you know, they just refuse. And well, we are US not signatory does. to that. As I maybe uh, maybe I got it wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, we are not signatory, nor is Russia to that uh, to that. Correct, David? Do you know that from the International also, Criminal Court? The International Criminal Court, the U.S. has not ratified that uh, Treaty of Rome, meaning that they're outside, and I don't I don't think Russia has either. Uh, so that means that they can't. You know, the leaders of those countries cannot be taken to task or prosecuted in that court. And of course, if they tried, well, that's certainly when perhaps nuclear weapons would start to be dropped, maybe even on The Hague. <laughs> now, I'm going to go up, I'm going to go a sideways topic, uh, just because I love the title of her podcast, People Powered Planet Podcast. So what can we do, um, Melanie, where, where we can start trying to get our leaders to be a bit more, less state sovereign and more world world cooperative if you will after all it's a people-powered planet right right and what i'd like to add to that uh, how to get people to change well uh if you i would note we have a system scientist that's incredible rian eisler uh she wrote the book the chalice and the blade among many many other books and, and incredible work and what she has found is that we're in a system we're in a domination system basically there are societies today that are more partnerism so there's a social scale on one side you have the domination societies where there's a hierarchy there's in and out groups there is force and fear why don't and you give us some example of what you call a dominating society and a more cooperative society okay for example you have the united states very hierarchical very dominating very violent um unfortunately and then you have the nordic states there's um Norway, for example, Sweden, where there's more, uh, one, one thing you might notice, there's more women in government, where there's more equality of the genders, which is very helpful. And um, there's more caring. Uh, people have parental lead, whether they're male or female, it's very exciting. So they're more geared towards the partnerism system. And I want to I want to expand on that because you hit on something that I think is very important and it applies here to the United States. The United States would tell you that those guys over there, they're socialists and people don't have options, but we are not that hierarchy that you, not, that you actually see. And not only that, that you understand that uh, this false individualism in the United States is just that, a false individualism that really captures you into some sort of indentured servitude. Why don't you kind of expand on that? Well, so I think what you're saying is that there are a lot of societies today that have this domination system. And um, I'd like to add also, there were a lot of partner, more partnerism systems way back uh, 5,000, 10,000 years ago. Um, so as far as your question, could you pinpoint your question? Well, let, me let me tell you what I mean exactly, right? We have, this, we have this belief that we have this freedom, freedom of choice, freedom to do everything that we want to do. When in reality, if you take a look, corporate power, whatever, you have to be invited into the corporate structure. Women for a long time haven't been invited. Uh, others haven't been invited. And I'm going to get back to our, our war stance in a minute, but I think this is a part of the whole picture as well. Uh, we're, we're, we're others have been excluded in a framework that claims each individual has equal access to success. When you have a country like Norway or Sweden, as you mentioned before, where the state has already said, 
all of us are entitled to these real freedoms that make sure we have good existences. I mean, they're, they're, one, one has an, a false level of individualism and one's social structure allows for real individualism. That is such an interesting point. Yes, I would just say from my experience, I think we all get inculcated with this information and we believe um, it's kind of, you would just say propaganda. So uh, here I thought I was okay and I was, a uh, uh, women were doing great, but then you find out, my goodness, uh, we're not really in government. And you just, you know, when you start to really, focus on that, you really see it everywhere where, my goodness, uh, we, I really don't have rights. And then to really find out, okay, I do have more rights because I am white. And, and just that feeling and, and, and bringing that into your heart, how much that is um, there. And when you don't notice it, I think it's just the question of kind of what you're taught as a child. And that's, uh, Rian Eisler speaks about that. So it is just, um, a belief system and and once you're brought out of it then it, it's really opens your eyes so yes it's it's but but in the nordic uh countries there there sometimes you have to force people to change for example they gave parental leave for men and women and the men weren't taking it and then they said if if the men don't take it then nobody gets it so then the men started taking it because they're 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 taught that that to be caring and nurturing is bad so um i think we all just get uh sucked in by this I, and i want to tie that now into ken i know you want to say something but i i, I want to kind of tie you into a, 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 a tie you into a part of this discussion that i think is important i think we are talking about wars, et cetera, that, you know, which, yes. But I think as people mature and get smarter and realize that they've been had, isn't that one of the reasons? And if you even take a look at uh, Ukraine, uh, people realizing that they, the things that they want and, and the dominant structure that Melanie has been talking about wants to remain dominant and they cannot see this new thing and they're going to execute I mean, here in America, we have had a class that wanted to remain dominant, and that's why it's a warring class. Expand on that, if you will, and then tell me what it is that you want to add to that. Oh, Mali, are you talking to me now? That's new, Ken. Oh, okay. Author, author, author. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, uh, okay. Well, first of all, uh, yes, I think that uh, the key is, the key to developing this, what, what Melanie was talking about in our podcast, the People Powered Planet podcast, is that all around the world, people basically want the same kind of things. They want peace, they want freedom, and, they, and they're manipulated. Except we're, we're locked in these boxes called nation states, and the corporations are acting globally. Originally, the corporations were under the United uh, under the people, and in Jefferson's day, they had a 20-year charter to serve the people. But then they said, oh, if you try to regulate us, uh, try to tax us, we'll go abroad. We control our pollution, we'll go abroad. So they gained all the power, they gained all the money, and they're all running, running the world. And they keep us divided in these boxes. But there's a superpower, a superpower waiting to emerge that can put a stop to all these wars and everything. And that superpower is the will of the people of the planet. You know, the 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 war, the um, Every single constitution starts with, uh, almost every constitution starts with, uh, it's based on the will of the people. Uh, the, The people, we the people of the United States, we the people of these other countries. And 
basically, when we the people break out of that nation state box, when we stop thinking we have to solve the problem by convincing our leaders, begging and pleading our leaders, and realize that these guys are working, working for us, we created them. And the Gary came to an amazing realization. You know, it wasn't called the application for independence. They didn't say to Britain, oh, please, Bell, come on, give us independence. We'll lobby, we'll, we'll write more letters, we'll plead and beg. They declared independence, they did it. We, the people of the United States, have to declare a government of, by, and for the people of the earth. And Gary took the amazing step of actually doing that. And, and David down there in Washington is part of that government that issues world passports, world IDs, and so on. It's the very beginning stages, but it's a shift in our idea and our concept. When we start stop thinking of ourselves as the governed and think of ourselves as the governors of this small planet, when we realize that we're the sovereigns who create it, and we start creating using these incredible tools of the internet to start creating ways that we, the people, can can actually begin to enforce world law we can say okay you know your, your company's going to uh, uh, violate world law and and, and and support this thing then we go through the supermarket we scan products oh this is a, a world world law violator we won't buy that we apply for jobs oh we won't apply there they're a world law violator you know, load the ships no we won't load the ships uh, you know ship the stuff i mean we the people have have the power they all get their power from us if we withhold it and take it up to the world level and create what gary called the people powered planet we are the superpower and the only superpower that can save us you in our film i asked leonardo dicaprio i talked with him and i said you know, in the movies, you know, at the last minute when things look impossible, a hero comes along and saves the day. Who's the hero who can save us? And he says, well, the hero is all of us. And that's what we have to do. We have to be the hero who steps to the plate, stops thinking that it all comes from begging and pleading existing leaders, and we become the leaders of our world. That is a, that's a very good point. Now, David, I heard um, uh, Arthur kind of I mentioned you with regards to world passports and all that sort of thing. First of all, I like th that kind of idea. I'm going to want to digress a bit afterwards because I think um, and Melanie alluded to that when she said we have to remove the indoctrination from, from, from the people. And that is the hardest part. My show, Politics Done Right, is dedicated to doing just that, empowering people and trying to tell people, no, the government is really you. I mean, you'd not imagine how many people say government is doing this and government is doing that. And I turn it around and I say, you mean that's what you're doing to people? You mean that's what you're... No, I mean the government. That And I said, who's controlling the government? Those corporations. And who give, gave those corporations the power to control the government? Guys, you have to assert your worth. You have to assert your power. I, I, I love this discussion. I love what Melanie is doing with the People podcast. I love what author is doing with the, with the movies that he's putting out. But man, we got to work better at actually pushing the message and making sure it gets there. David, tell us about some passports and tell me some more. Well, sure. I mean, just to follow up both on what uh, Melanie and Arthur were saying, if our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are not being met, if they're not fulfilled, we, the people, have the right to create new government. That's what the Declaration of Independence said. We really need a Declaration of Interdependence, one where we, the people of the planet, come together. And that was- Wow, I like that, the Declaration <laughs> of Interdependence. Uh, hey, did, did you give Arthur that, that line to put in one of his movies, man? <laughs> maybe, maybe on the, the, hopefully there's going to be uh, uh, more films, more shows that relate to this story of World Citizen Number One, and maybe something like that will appear in, in one of those shows. Um, but yeah, no, the, the point of me saying that, not just to have a soundbite, but to say, 
really, we have one home. It is planet Earth. It is our only home. We can't yet easily get out into space. So if we don't protect it here, like Gary said to me, David, um, if you had, uh, if you were given a choice to uh, die to save humanity, would you? And I'm like, hmm. So it was sort of a trick question because the point is, if I don't die, uh, you know, to save humanity, humanity is going to die. But if humanity dies, I'm going to die with it anyway. So, but I, I like to turn that around and make it positive and say, why, quote unquote, fight and die for a country when you can love and live for humanity and the earth? And that was really what Gary Davis was all about. That's really what the work at World Service Authority is, is about. In fact, that this passport behind me, or, or here it is actually in my hand, this world passport, in a sense, is a tool of love, a tool of peace, a tool of human rights that brings people together. And if I, if I can take it just a quick moment, I, just, I would love to read just this short email from a, a fellow, which to me just says, says so much about the situation we're in. And, and so I'm going to change the names to protect this person's uh, situation, but he says, hi, my name is Ivan. I'm in the center of Kiev, in the very center of the war in Ukraine. I came here before the war and found myself in captivity of my own house, since going out in the street is deadly. I am from Russia. I have Russian citizenship, and at this time I am risking getting shot in the street if I show my passport. I am against the war in Ukraine. I supported the Ukrainian army because now they will not accept me in Russia either. All my life I considered myself a man of the world and I fully share the ideology of your organization. I always wanted to get such a passport, but there was no reason. It, seemed that day, it seems that day has come. In connection with recent events, I would like to give up my Russian citizenship, and as a matter of principle, use your passport until I receive asylum in another country. Please tell me, can you help me? So it's that kind of letters that we're getting and, and requests from both people in Russia, as well as this person was a, a, a Russian person in Ukraine, as well as Ukrainians. But that's not it. I mean, we get letters from the Rohingya refugees who fled Myanmar, uh, Yemeni refugees who fled. Uh, I mean, why are we just talking about Ukraine now when there's all these other wars that are still going on? You know, Central African Republic, in Ethiopia, um, in Afghanistan still. Uh, violence and war is going on every day. And it's the system that we need to change. We, we need to rule the law uh, I mean, real, the rule of the world by the force of law, not by the law of force. I love that. Before, before I go to, uh, to author, um, uh, that world passport, does it have any legalities be, uh, behind it? Yes, of course. Uh, the legality can be found both under international uh, treaty law, customary international law, and actual usage. So the, the world passport gets its uh, basic underpinnings from Article 13 and Article 6 of the Universal Declaration of, of Human Rights. Here's, here's what it looks like, and, and anyone can request a copy of it from us. Uh, Article 6 says everyone has the right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. So everyone, everywhere, that's all humanity, right? Uh, and Article 13 says everyone has the right to uh, freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state, and everyone has the right to leave any country. So when you put those rights together, it means we humans have the right to travel freely. So my question, I, I repeat my question, can sure. I take that world passport and go to any country in the world? Well, certainly that would be the ideal goal. If, if uh, it's, we're not there yet. Uh, so I would have to tell you, there's been about 96% of all countries have actually stamped world passport holders, passports with visa, entry and exit stamps. 
but not all the time. And that's why World Service Authority has a legal advocacy team so that if someone is detained at a border or if they're refused entry or refused a visa, we jump into action uh, writing legal letters or legal briefs to support those people. I have to say, it's not always recognized. Gary Davis would say, look, it is a tool, like any tool. Like if you go to the hardware store and ask the hardware store owner, does that hammer on the shelf work? The hardware store is going to look at you kind of funny and say, well, if you know how to take a nail and hammer <laughs> two pieces of wood together, just like any tool, well, you have to you have to know how to use it. You have to know what your rights are, because if you don't know your rights, you can't claim them. And it's not always easy, but we share, we give everyone a copy of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in their language when they apply. So what I like to say is people become a human rights educator, a human rights activist when, they, when they're using this document. So certainly it may not be for everybody. Uh, and it's, so it's a question of education and training of both the people who are using this, but also the people to whom they present it, meaning the border officials and immigration officials and, and ministries of, of countries to let them know that they actually have obligations, not only under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, but under the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, which almost all countries in the world, even the United States, has ratified, meaning there are certain rights like our right to freedom of travel and our right to identification that must be recognized. Uh, whether you, know, you claim national sovereign, you know, uh, national security or other issues, Everyone still has those rights. They just have not been fully realized in the world we're living in today. Okay, I'm going to go to Ken and 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 Ken. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to end with Ken also, but I want him to. He's he's been saying, I want to say something. I want to say something. So I want to get to Ken. But sure. I want to warn both sure. of you. Uh, both David and Melanie. Ken has done this with me. I mean, Arthur has done this with me before. Be thinking of the thing that you would have liked me to ask you that I hadn't asked you because it's the last question to each. So anyway, Ken, uh, let me hear what you're trying to say, and then I'll come to you last for that last yeah. question, which means you yeah. get a little bit more time than it's, anybody else to come up with something. <laughs> Go ahead. It's uh, it's Arthur Canagas, by the way. As, and uh, I was just going to say, in, in light of David's letter, that I spoke to uh, Pre uh, the President Lance Burgess, who was the first head of state of Lithuania, which was the first country to break away from the Soviet Union. And they did it with a singing revolution where only seven, like less than 17 people or so got killed rather than all these other people. And they succeeded in, in defeating the, the incredible Soviet army just because they kept greeting them everywhere they went with their tanks and everything with people singing and no one would fight them and they couldn't do anything. And they finally had to just leave. But anyway, once he broke away, he said the only passport he had was this Russian passport and he wanted to travel. So Gary Davis gave him a world passport two weeks after he became uh, head of state. And he said, he, I, I interviewed him, he said, I went to, he said, so I wanted to travel. I wouldn't use my, the, the old Soviet passport. So he said, I go to the border. I give them the world passport and they stamp it. Ho, ho, ho. He laughed. You know, that was so great. And he actually traveled uh, with the world passport. And, and they're actually uh, two of the heads of state of breakaway nations who use the world passport as their as their only passport. So uh, it, it is very relevant to the struggle that's happening right now. Uh, in the world with Russia. And again, it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong in any of these wars. There's always a right side and always wrong. And every time, every country, it's always the other guy who's the right side and the wrong side and they're the right side. If we have to come to a system of world law, we have to change the system, not change the players. It's not bad apples. It's a bad system. We're running on time now, author. And by the way, I do know your author. Please uh, don't, 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 don't. I, I keep doing Ken because the K is right there. <laughs> but I do know who I'm talking to. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's let's see. Melanie, give me your closer. Yes. yes. What would you have so liked me as, to ask you? 
Oh, well, as, as Arthur said, the system is what we need to change. And it needs to, we need to have world law. We need to have murder illegal wherever in the world, all over the planet. It's illegal. And we, I'd like to invite people. We have a, a fantastic opportunity. One of the cornerstones of, of moving from a domination system is stories. And that's what we have, an amazing story about Gary Davis, The World is My Country. It's going to be playing on Link TV, 31 mil, broadcast to 31 million people. And uh, you can be a sponsor. So we have one minute only for people that they can be a sponsor before the movie. So contact us. I'll go ahead and give us uh, give you our my our email. It's futurewavefilms at gmail.com. Join us. It's uh, quick, quick, quick. It's this year, so we need uh, we're going to get our sponsors uh, quickly, and and we're going to get it out to the world. So, thank you, thank you for having us. Go for it, David. Yeah, sure. Well, we've most mostly talked about law today and the lack of law at the world level. But I want to know uh, for the your viewing public, what does it mean to be a world citizen? And people might fear that term because they might think that that means giving up some lower or other allegiance, but it's not. When you, for example, register as a world citizen through World Service Authority, you're not giving up anything. You're just adding that higher awareness of our link to humanity and the earth. As world citizens, we have rights and duties to each other and to the planet. And whether it's war, whether it's climate change, whether it's injustice or nuclear weapons, or you name any of the pandemic, any other global issue, unless we start dealing with those global issues as world citizens, as human beings first, then nothing else will matter. We have to come to those solutions that are global, that uh, link us all as world citizens together. Close her out, Arthur. Uh, well, I would uh, say the question is, how can I get to see this movie? And yes, you can go to theworldismycountry.com. Theworldismycountry.com. Uh, you can click on where to watch and you can, uh, there, there are several ways that you can watch it from right from there. And you can also email Melanie, as she mentioned, if you want to be one of the sponsors or supporters. If you're going to be a sponsor or supporter, we'll, we'll give you a free link to, to watch it so you can come aboard and uh, join us. There's both the TV version that's uh, one hour, a little less than an hour. And then there's the full theatrical version that's even better and has some much more about David and the world passport and so on in it. So we encourage you to watch that version. Uh, and so, uh, yes, uh, join us, watch the film and discover your power as how you can be the key in helping to create the people power planet. The young people today can be the, can be the Dolly, Mad Dolly and, J and James Madison's of inventing a whole new way of running our world. It didn't stop in 1776. We, the people have to invent government. It said, Jefferson said that, and we all, he said, every, <laughs> and we've got to do it, folks. Arthur Kanigas, David Gallup, and Melanie Bennett, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. I, I will definitely do this again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.